UtilityMuffinLabs.com is the source for podcasts like 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, the NerdWords podcast, and the Playing Hooky podcast, to name a few. We offer gaming, music, and pop culture content, as well as graphic and audio design, voice talent, and more. Go to UtilityMuffinLabs.com to commission us for your audio needs, digital artwork, and advertising opportunities. UtilityMuffinLabs.com, consistently rated adequate. This is 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast, brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to the Dark Ages. Welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. My name's Nathan. And I'm Bob. And today we bring you our final conclusion of reviews for the year. Um, This will be the last... Not the last podcast, mind you. Just our last and final review for the year. Do you have any interesting plans for the holiday, Bob? Um, yeah, just typical holiday stuff, you know. Yeah, turkey and all that. People, turkey and uh, you know. Yeah, highs and leftovers and itis. That's what I got going on. <laughs> the itis. Uh, well, so um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the book that we're going to be reviewing here um, for this episode, shall we? Yeah. Uh, the book that we're reviewing is uh, House of Tremere, um, which is a, a source book I didn't know even existed before we started doing the Dark Ages thing, and I really wish I had known about it beforehand. Because, um, uh, yeah, this book is, it's an interesting book. Um, what are your, your first impressions of this book, Bob? First of all, had, had you read it before? I have read this before. It's, right as I started reading the opening story, I was like, you know, those of you who, who've listened uh, to our nerd words will get that. I forget which one. I think it was like six in. Uh, I was mentioning one of the weirder stories. I, I, I directly mentioned the creation of this uh, Chantry because uh-huh. uh, of its vivid nature. And uh, it stuck with me. And reading yeah. it again, I was like, ah, here it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this book, uh, I don't hear a lot of people reference it. I don't know if it was like super popular when it came out, but it has definitely caused me to look at the Tremere in a very different light um, because I didn't know all the details about how um, Seorus was formed and how like the, the Tremere clan even came about. Like I knew the the general story and all the modern day books, the clan books and all that. Even like the clan books kind of whitewash, they give you like the internal perspective, whereas this gives you a little bit different perspective. Um, the the very first story, uh, let's let's talk about that a little bit, right? That's that story is epic mm-hmm. uh, because it's sh- this book sheds light on what happened, right? Even even though the story, well, actually, I think it's credible. The story comes <laughs> from the actual eyewitness testimony of one of the one of the original creators of Sioris. Right. Right. That's why this book is viable. Now, the cool thing about it is he talks about how he's also dead, right? right, he's, right. he's, he's bound to the bones of Sioris. Well, cause it's his skull that's there. Right. I should point out <laughs> now the thing that makes it cool. Uh, the, the story is that these are all just magi, right? Right. From cradle to the grave, they're telling you this tale. And this is way before they go running off to, to see anything. Right. Uh, Regarding vampirism or whatever. And it requires some explanation. The Order of Hermes at this point, magic 
period. Well, really, just that order. Let's stick with that. Yeah. They are they're a major group, right? A major tradition. Mm-hmm. And the hermetic way of life is coming to an end because religion and science are making pushes to come to the fore. Now, before that, it was all magic, right? The hermetic way still stuck out, and that was the way to go and whatnot. And it's their view of magic that was coming to an end. Not necessarily magic itself, right? But when And it's only a portion of the Order of Hermes that believes this, right? Right. Everyone else is just hermetic. You know, they're doing their thing, and well, things and, and come the, in cycles and adapt and change. We'll just keep the, that in mind. The one thing that uh, proved very interesting to me upon reading this was we we are met with, like, um, these seven uh, Order of Hermes... House Tremere mages, right? And House Tremere, for all your vampire players out there, you're going to go, how is it House Tremere if they're mages? Well, that's kind of like how these things happen, right? The, this group of mages, they go and they set about making this chantry in a place where they find this substance that mages use called Vis. I know about this because I've played a very tiny bit of mage, but as a vampire player exclusively for many years... This term would have made no sense to me. I didn't know what it was. Now I have like a better basic understanding because this book talks about it. Um, but basically, these mages, th- this cabal of sorcerers, have been cheating death for years through their magics. And they start to realize we're actually like starting to get old. Our, our magics are starting to fade. And they set about finding a way to to keep that immortality, right? Now, if you're immortal and you're this wicked kind of... Uh, I don't know if they're wicked at this point, but they are definitely treacherous. We'll call them treacherous. Oh, you don't know if they're wicked at this point. <laughs> well, well, yeah. <laughs> this is before the 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 creation of that chantry, right? Um, so let's let's not jump too far ahead. Let's talk about that creation of that chantry. It's 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 not even jumping ahead, right? We mm-hmm. got to understand who these people are. This is a group of mages in the yep. Order of Hermes that right. are called House Shamir. Where did they come from? Betrayal deceit, backstabbing. Uh, Tremere was notorious in his own house. And from the readings of the books up to this point, I'm not even cheating. They right. flat told you, Tremere, through usurpation and trickery, he earned his own house in the Order of Hermes and was despised by many in that order because of it. Right. They, he, he had tried to take over the whole Order of Hermes. The whole shebang and failed and then was able to convince. And that's his key. That's Tremere's power. He's a good persuader, right? That that's it, right? At this point, and and well, and obviously an astounding and powerful mage on top of it. But right. He's known to be a persuader. Well, at this point, be is they're deciding they got to build a chantry. They they've built a series of chantries already. They tell right. Goratrix to go build a bunch of them and seed the Transylvanian area. Now, why or how? That's something to pay attention to. Right. This hit them after they got done forming House Tremere. You know, they're right. just pulled to this area to kind of spread out and make all these chantries. Now, why? I'm going to call them the two spirits because I think their name is stupid. Okay? <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you right now, I had no interest in what, what they were like. I have no reason. It's it, it's very much to me like it, it harkens back to like the original Venture Clan book. and And there's a lot of clan books that have... Kind of a little like wonky, wackadoo references, but continue because I knew exactly well, what you meant. <laughs> I got to tell you still because you're going, well, what were they? Well, one is called the root of all and the other is called the stars above. <laughs> right. Right. Now, right. hmm, what, what are they supposed to be? Well, they stand out in this side note before you even start reading a book that they're referring to Kapala 
and saw it. Right. <laughs> right. And I'm like, you could have just said Kampala and saw it. Like, and we would have got it. Like, that would have been fine. No, but they're the root of all. Right. And the right. stars above. Okay. Here, so, here's, which, a, here's a little disclaimer I like. Um, the fact that in that little call out, they're like, you know, you could use them or not. It's cool. And I was like, I'll take the or not. I like that. Right. Well, because here's, here's where things get thrown for a loop, right? They have to mask their mm-hmm. presence. Right. Right. Or let me rephrase it. They don't. Because they never call each other by name. Right. In their, in their manipulations, right? So here's what manipulation you refer to, Bob. First and foremost, let's just clear the air. Why was Seahorse picked where it was? It was a vast store of Vis that right. they found. Vis is the solidified uh, magical, true magic leavings of spells cast by mages. That's what mages believe. Right. Right. And then solidified is what it is. <clears throat> Quintessence, going from an energy, quintessence being the source of prime in all life, magic's made with this. It becomes these solidified, crystallized things. And you could use them, right? You hold right. on to them, use them, and you're good. And they're in this vast cavern, series of caves right by where they build Sierras. Right. So it's an unlimited store for it. However, for those of you who've been paying attention, those in the cheap seats, you would be scholars. If you recall the Zemisi clan book, they mention that the Kapala was imprisoned in a mountain in the Carpathians. Right. Right? Stuffed in the <clears> hole, <throat> and that's where it remained. And they that was done by a series of legendary packs of Guru. Then it sat there for centuries until you know who, uh, the, the shaper himself, comes along pokes a hole in it, talks to Kapala, and they have an idea, right? And mm-hmm. Kapala's allegedly freed, or is it freer? I'll let you be the judge of that, you know, statement. But the root of all has to be Kapala. It's the only one that makes sense. Now, that's a realization, by the way, and I mentioned it briefly in a book. We'll never get to it because it's exa- unless we go exhaustingly through here because it's one of the many Easter eggs in this book. Right. They do mention that in the future, both Etris and Tremere are are well aware of this, but it's too late, right? When right, they realize right. where this vis came from, they realize that the cavern, there's no way this was naturally made. Right. It's impossible, in fact. But remember, they're treacherous, they're power-hungry, they're not paying attention to that until they have the centuries to cool their blood. So back to where Nate was saying, we're some guys, we're getting older, uh, we're getting fatter, we need, we need our, as, as they call it, I enjoy that they called it this. Their muscles are sagging. They need some help. Now, I don't know about you. Being a Magi was not a muscle-intensive thing in the first place. Well, you know, you, a- you, you sit down, you, you take your protein shakes, and, and you know, you <laughs> use your lotions and your ointments. We'll call it magic. You know, and you, you live for like 600 years, and then suddenly you're like, ah, my lotion's not working no more. Um, I need more protein. What do we do? I don't know. Let's, uh, let's figure this out, shall we? <laughs> Your diet of a bowl of gruel or millet in the morning yeah. with salt to taste, or maybe right. perhaps some scallions. Right. And then later on, we'll have some cheese and a huge hunk of bread for lunch. And then at dinner, it's whatever we caught and whatever sugar pastry mm-hmm. we could stuff in our face. And by the way, we're the rich folk. Depending on how you look at it, a steady diet of that plus scholarly activity. Oh, man, these guys must have been benching 400 rocks a day. 400 rocks. <laughs> but I poke, I poke fun because that, that happens in any fantasy, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, right. okay, so everybody's the ideal. But anyway, they realize this is slipping. So they go, we need to do something about it. And what they really are realizing is slipping is uh, the core of it, we already mentioned, is magic. Mm-hmm. However, bit of a misnomer, right, as we've already explained. Right. But anyway, they go to this site, 
And of course, Gortrix knows the ritual. Why? Gortrix made the last couple chanters. Right. And this is the one that's supposed to be his coup de grace, where he lays his hat, or rather, right. the twig yeah. and berries, as we're getting to. <laughs> right. So, um, I, love, I love this part because... Uh, yeah. The pageantry is hysterical, right? Here's here's how you know it's true, okay? Right, and, and this this is something you you touched on earlier. The story is being told by someone who, in the midst of the ritual, fucked up, right? For whatever reason, he didn't know why. He can't say why. He just loses his shit in the middle of the ritual, right? Because what's the thing? What happens that makes him lose his shit? Well. Because you got to get all the important bits in there, right? So they all get up in this circle, and they begin this chant. I feel like that's a pun. Right? They all get up in this circle, and they begin this chant, and it's around Goratrix. Or no, they're all in a chant at first, mm-hmm. and they're robed. Right. And they brought their servants who, are, who have to be kept within earshot, but just far enough away not to know what, exactly what they're doing. And then Goratrix turns, and he's like, Hat-hat! And they all go, oh, yeah, that's the sign. We better turn around and give them our backs. And they do so. And then they all disrobe. And this is probably because you didn't want to see mere Linda's mirrors, right? <laughs> so anyway, they're looking at each other. And I love the artist's interpretation of himself, right? There's a real doughy, scholarly built mm-hmm. member of this in, inner circle that's in this inner council that will later become. <laughs> yes. That's here. And he's, he's just there. And he goes, it's been a long time since we've done Rituals of the Dark. And, and I want you to let that sit in your head. It had been a long time since we've done a ritual of the dark. So mm-hmm. it was good to get in the habit again. Right. And so as they're doing this, good old Gortrix walks in. He says, do any of you wish to make a sacrifice greater than mine? And they're all like, nah, bro. And just right. keep training. Like, no one says anything. Right. Because it's, like, it's a rhetorical question. Right. And he, and he knows it's rhetorical. He's sitting there like, nah, we'll be cool. E nominee, chop a ball off. You know, that's uh, whatever they're chanting. And uh, he holds the sickle high in the air and plays wackadoo with his, with his man bits. Well, here's the problem. They're using a Thames and tools that are for ritual. So no warrior is tending to these blades. Yeah. There's no one sh- making sure that a sharp needed to kill the sheep clean. No, this is, he hits, <laughs> he hits his man bits and he realized the berries and the twigs are attached better. That perhaps maybe the powers that be, mayhaps God, had invented us to be more durable I than, just, than a mere I, dull hack. I, I picture I picture him just like giving a good old swing, you know, as best as he can, you know, all powerful mage. And he like expects it to be really cool and cinematic. And he just like hits it. And he's like, oh, oh, God, oh, but, like, he, he has to like. See, he, he made a different sound in my head. Like, I get that it's like, oh, shit. For me, I thought it'd be very much like, okay, because here's the deal. He's allegedly, he's done this before. Right. Right? The guy mentions this. He's built other things. He's used his phallus before. He's very proud of his penis. Right, right. So clearly. It, it grows back. It not only grows back. Gortrix apparently is well endowed. Uh-huh. Right? Of all the Tremere, he is notorious for, for carnal desires. And that's what he indulges in. It's weird for a Magi. And, and he's just known for it. Well... <laughs> when he when he when he grabs takes himself into his left hand and pulls it out enough and he Hoah! to me he was like <laughs> like he's looking but he can't yell too loud because Tremere's like right what are you doing <laughs> like the and quiet like, gulp like <laughs> so 
right? So he hits and he's like, oh shit. He just starts sawing real quick, right? Just ah, ah, and he gets through it. He just gets through it, and then he stands up. He stands up with a level of relief, and he's just gouging, right? In fact, it describes it: blood spurts on Merlinda. It hits like I think Diamond was there, and he got a little on him, and it hits some dude, and I I forget his name. It's like Pontitius or or Lutian, Ponticulus. Ponticulus. Yes, it hits him too, and this is when he realizes. Having that diet of millets and perhaps a hunk of cheese, and he's a big boy. He enjoyed himself a little late night Danish the night before, and and as we all do it now and then, and it all starts crawling up. <laughs> Why? As he's doing this chant, and unomneomne, unomneomne, his balls are not there anymore. Oh God, his blood's on me. I got ball blood on me. Like it's there, and it's just. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it's crawling up into his throat he's like i can't no don't do it no don't do it and he takes his 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 man business places it on the ground right right, right where it's supposed to be you know this is the site right and everyone else he's holding it back just long enough for tremere or no Etris to step forward and be like all right everyone here's a piece of the golden scepter Seven pieces, seven of us, piece of the golden scepter, head of the scepter, the Tremere, piece of the golden scepter. He holds it through all that going around. He's still looking. He's like, man's balls, blood on my face. I can smell it. I can smell And then he up chucks the boogie. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? Ritual screwed up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So and and it's funny, too, because the 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 spirit who is now bound here, spoiler, um, he at at that precise moment is like, and it was then I knew I screwed up. Like <laughs> I, I was, I, yeah, it, it's my bad. I don't know why it happened. I just couldn't. And uh, so he knows that's the end for me. And uh, I believe Gortrix goes and takes his head off, right? Because the, the ritual screwed up. If they stop now, it's forever trashed. You can't have it at this place. So he gets killed. That's not what bothers him. Well, here's what bothers me. F him. <laughs> what bothers me is that they cut his throat first, right. and he knows he's dead. And then at this point, as he's already died, you know, they think he's still alive. Right. He's he's forced to see what's going on. He's like, the magic's binding me. God damn it. And then the ladies, Merlinda and whoever, come walking over with the Thames. It's, it's like fancy letter openers. Right. Just imagine that. But, you know, they were used for other rituals. You know, they are witchy. But they come over and start going to work on his flesh. Like, stab the crap out of him, take him to the ground, and they're pulling out bones and ribs right. and whatnot. Basically deboning the fish, except it's a human being. Right. Right? But the bones aren't just cast aside. They're, they're like, putting them in the ground. Yeah. Right? They're, it's part of the ritual. Like, I guess they all went into this knowing what this was. They, they take his head off, and because at that point, he has made a greater sacrifice than Gortrix. And so uh, uh, Gortrix does uh, something very disrespectful, and um, the spirit says as much and, and believes it's why he's... Uh... Etrius does. Oh, Etrius, sorry. So, uh, but anyways, something very disrespectful is done um, in that the, um, the manhood of Gortrix is left in the mouth of Ponticulus. <laughs> and the way Ponticulus puts it is beautiful. He sits there and goes... There it is, my skull, my head, sitting alongside Gortrix's severed manhood. And all right, I guess it happens. But then Etrius goes, well, where am I to put the head? Because right where the phallus is, 
I must put... Oh, I have it. Right in the mouth. Wah, wah. And sets it there. And then he buries it. Because I guess part of the ritual was that they were supposed to plant a seed. That was the point. Right, right. And it was, this, it, was, it was the greatest sacrifice that you could do. The greater it is, the better the binding. And that's why Gortrix was adding his, his, his seed. Right. All of it entirely. And so that was to sit in the mound. But they only had enough specialized earth to, to cover a mound's worth. Right. Which is excessive, but it, you can't have a wild animal come and dig it up and eat it. So it must have been enough to make it where it wouldn't be there. Well, when Heatrius looks, that's why he's like, well, just stuff it in the mouth, shut it, and bury it. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, as they're, uh, they're, they're building the, um, the, the, the new Chantry, um, they come back to look at it, to, you know, get the, the, the omens, right? To, to see, like, is there a seed growing? So this is a valuable place to build a Chantry. Well, they come back and like a, a mutant tree with the angry spirit of the guy that they killed is in it. A ponticular shaped tree right. grew, right? He, when he opened his mouth, sap poured out of it right. to talk to them. And this is where I'm like, how horrific is this? Yeah. Like they walk up and he's like, syrup. you know, and it's, like, <laughs> you know, and they're like, uh, and the tree stabs one of them and they're like, oh, hell no. Yeah, and they and they mulch them. They fucking mulch them. Right. They already brutalized, killed the what? So they mulch them. They brutally, yeah. they brutally hacked down this tree, and then they like, I I see in my head, they just kind of like scraped dirt over it with their shoe, and they're like, yeah, totally got the sprout here. Everything's good. We got the sign. We just we just threw another yeah. seed in. It's, it's good. good. It's good. Build build a shantry. <laughs> and so they came in and did the Great Illinois Construction Build, and if you're from Illinois, that's never ending. And they, <laughs> they come in to get it done. And uh, so as they're building it, they're like, oh, man, Gortrix, you picked a good spot. Merlinda, take him to the tent. And they're they're trying to heal Gortrix's wound in manhood. And, of course, they've done it before. They're healing it again. Well, once the Chantry's being built and it's done, they realize Gortrix is really, he's really dropped away from his carnal right. activities. And that's because he can't get it up. As it turns out, by putting his phallus inside the mouth of old boy and putting it there. It, it's a curse. Right. And the, and uh, Ponticulus goes, I know for a fact, Idris did this on purpose. He right. did it to literally mess with his rival Gortrix. So now Gortrix can't get any pleasure whatsoever. And he's a bitter guy. Right now you understand why he turned to the church. Yeah. And, and this really like this story and the ensuing story of the, the Chantry of Sioris really drives home how much, Etrius and Gortrix hate each other and how much Tremere was pretty much okay with that and kind of not even kind of was a dick like was the worst type of of boss like basically perpetuated this rivalry and continued to perpetuate it trying to see who would be the best and kind of sealed his own fate in that regard um so uh and then uh the other thing Etrius does, he basically does a like a spell to uh, make a giant um, like gap in between uh, Sioris and the rest of the land, like to rend like a fissure from them, and uh, that I think um, also uh, was something that Gortrix was like, "Why you got to be a dick? Why you got to do that? <laughs> like, we that wasn't needed." But that there it was. That's what he did. 
it's hard to say anything about that. I mean, the the simple fact is is that the Tremere in this book, when you read it, you're like, okay, I figured that. Right. Right. When when Etrus and Gortrix are playing a game of one-upmanship, literally that's all that's in my head is, I want an asshole. Right. <laughs> like, I, I just can't get over it. Like, oh, well, that's... You wonder right. why people want you dead. So it's at this point that basically um, Tremere sets his followers upon the task of finding a way to repair their immortality, right? He does. And here's the thing. He basically, it's it's a panic mode, right? Right. They got a whole bunch of issue with, with magic and it's, and it's getting worse, right? And when he starts sending people out, a very important thing happens. One of the council that they send out that was there at the founding um, goes south, right? Heading towards Athens. And he's got to cross the Danube and never made it past the Danube. Mm-hmm. And the Danube River, that is. And that is because from where Cyrus is in the Carpathians, you head south. This is all Zemis territory. Right. Get to the Danube, and, and when they went to investigate all they found... Oh, I should explain how they found. It's very interesting. Gortrix is a son of... He's, <laughs> he's my favorite Tremere ever. Right. I need to point this out. <laughs> and why is because since you took his pene and he couldn't play like he used to, he's had even more time to work right. his magic. And what he chose to do was dabble in necromancy. So one day when they go to leave the castle, they find the head of this guy that went missing. And he's like, oh, don't touch it. That head is mine. Bring it to me. Brings it up and he crushes the head, the skull, right? To get it into a powder, puts it in his food and eats it as per the ritual he discovered. And he relives several days of this guy's memory up to his death. And he learns that this this Zemis, this fiend uh, named Roland, I believe, is uh, the one that actually did this guy in. Took him, torched him, learned about Sioris, learned about you know what the Tremere are. And then also was told a lot of lies to try to help what was right. going on. right. And he's like, okay, cool. He goes to Tremere and says, hey, look, Jack, I know you got everybody looking high and low and are trying all sorts of ridiculous things. And let me explain just a few of those ridiculous things, because my favorite one, well, one of them, my favorite one, is the the lady who decides, I'm going to study spiritualism. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, is she going into religion, medium, consulting ghosts? No. She's learning how to take the human soul uh, of Magi, take it out, with their avatar and putting in another vessel, another human body. Right. So when they get old, just cast out a young person's body and throw it in that body and they're, they're immortal. Right. Live on. She's hunting down that transmutation thing that, yeah. And that's, that's, that ritual is detailed in the back of this book. And I was like, no, no, please. No. Right. (laughs) It was never (laughs) pretty insightful. Right. Yeah. Then, then there's the other schmuck who goes, you know what guys, I know we got this bad rep as evil mages, so what I'm going to do is work on it. And, and one of the ways of working on it is I'm going to start slicing off bits of the human soul to measure it, to know just how much we need to reinvigorate our health, all right? So bring me some humans, we'll figure this out. It's like, oh, you, you rat bastard, you go right in. <laughs> can't see, wait, quantify the human soul so you can slice it up? I can't think of anything more soulless, really. Right. Um, pun intended. <laughs> and then Etrus goes, hey, you know what? Everyone's doing all these great ideas. Hey, Tremere, I just want to ask you something. You forbid demonology. I did. It is a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's because you were summoning a demon and conquering its will and enforcing it to do some evil, nefarious thing. Right. But you said that if you could conquer a demon, that means that demon can't get the test done that you wanted to do because 
if you, you you're more powerful had, than the demon. Right, you're more powerful than the demon. You wouldn't need the demon to do anything if you could do it yourself. Right. And if you summon something that is so powerful you can't handle it, well, we know where that goes. So it's a bad idea. But here's what I'm going to do. I know what you said. I'm not going to summon it as much as summon it. <laughs> Come again? So, so like, like I'm going to almost complete the ritual to like kind of contact what's going on and sort of just figure it out. Yeah. I, hey, I, I'm not going to sell my soul or pledge my allegiance to a demon, but I don't think we should just discount demonology as a whole, right? I mean, there's plenty to be learned about <laughs> from hell, right? We could do a little investigating. And uh, Tremere's like, eh, well, you know. What? Right. He- well, Tremere <laughs> goes, I like where this is going. I'm not going to tell you no, but I'm also not going to say yes. You're not actually doing it, but, you know, you never show anything. Atrius, you're just like a right, consummate right. bootlicker, but you're gonna you're gonna traffic with hell and see what you get. All right, it's risking yeah, your soul, yeah. not mine. Do it. Make sure it's in a basement. Make sure it's warded. Ah, oh, done and done. All day. Okay. Yeah. Then, what does Etrius do? <laughs> right, Etrius. Uh, um, yeah. So about the same time that Gortrix is out trying to find the the keys to immortality by torturing vampires and um, melting down their bodies and learning the truth of their embrace. Uh, Etrius is in a room, uh, a wing of the of the Chantry, uh, and accidentally opens up a hole to hell. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're not sure if it's like a full-fledged hole to hell, but basically no one can go in there anymore because there's a hole to hell. A literal hell mouth. <laughs> Right, right. This is a, a hell mouth. Everything's coming out. It, it ate some apprentices and killed two magi. Ripped them apart. Right, took their souls, and then they and then he didn't even have the DC to banish what's there. He reworked the ritual as it was going on to seal the door behind the demons already loose. Right, they're like, well, um, he's like, all right. The good news is we're not in that room anymore. The bad news is we can never return. <laughs> uh, let's ward the hallways and make it scream if anybody tries to touch it. And everybody's like, you're screwed. You're fucked. You're going down. We're strictly forbidden from messing with demons. And not only did you mess with demons, but you you screwed the pooch and opened up a hell to, you know, another to you opened up a portal to hell. And so <laughs> they have they have, you know, their uh, their tribunal. And Tremere's like, hey, I mean, if you're going to damn him for messing with the demons, you basically got to damn me because I kind of gave him permission, and everybody's oh, like, like mob. "Right, right." And everybody's like, "Well, we can't, we can't tell Tremere that he has to be punished to death." Uh, so I guess Etrius, it's okay you did that, and he gets off scot free. Right, just, no, no problems. Insures a wet dog. Right, right? <laughs> just oh, thank you. Uh, I meant to do better, and then, and then Gortrix is like, "Well, here's the deal." Since I just I did the skull thing, uh-huh. I figure out where this guy is. He goes back to Tremere and says, Hey, I know I know what's up. This guy rolling, he's done. Uh-huh. I need people, I need to handle it. Tremere goes, do the damn thing. <laughs> right? And Gortrix leaves, right? Gortrix is the one Tremere I can promise you get shit done. Yeah. And he he leaves and he's like, Hey, you know all these people that you got kind of hanging out? Give me these warriors. Let's go. All y'all chop down who's in the way. And they go to Roland's castle and they chop everyone down and because that's how it happens, right? My right. servants get rid of your servants. It's a story. 
And then the Magi bind Roland and magically inscribe chains, and he's coming back screaming. They throw Scorch him a bit. You calm down, we'll burn your ass right here. They bring him back, and, um, or no, I'm sorry, it was in his castle they started tormenting him. And they, they, they torture him and get info out of him yeah. about vampires. But but right? more than that, they they force him to embrace two of the servants. Right. It's it's, it's tell him about vampires. Well, then great. Give me two. And they do so. And then more or less, Roland is, is done. Yeah. Right when that happens, right? They they, they do him in right there. Yeah, After the f- torment, they kill him. And, a footnote of history. And then they get these two back. Well, when Gortrix comes back, he tells both Stephen and Ferris, because that's or Stefan, Stefan. And Ferris. Yeah. He tells him, get below in my chamber. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. We're, we're going to remain for a year. <laughs> just uh, just a nobody bother me until I come out again. All right. And then everybody just start referring to Stephen and Ferris in the past tense. Yeah. They're like, so this guy's going to come back. <laughs> no. They're, they're, it's been a year. Yeah. Sorry. No, they're not coming back. <laughs> Someone else has uh, been getting double porridge, you know. Enjoying an extra sweet roll, you know, at the dinner table, all that stuff. Then there's uh, there's all sorts of nonsense going on, right? Right. Experiments begin failing, and, and the magic's been tripping up. Because remember, they're using a hermetic method, which, as I described, that's going away. It's right. fading and changing. And because of that, um, these guys start panicking. Right. And and, there's but, a- but also, also, you know, to, to mention this, I think that the, the subtext here is very clear. Like, not only are their magics failing... But they're also performing magics from a cursed chantry, right? And it's like right. it's like it's like the unspoken. Like nobody's willing to admit that. Like, hey, maybe the fact that like we fucked our our chantry dedication might be playing a role in our magics failing and being much more wicked than maybe we had anticipated. <laughs> well. Let's increase the bastardization here of what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Because as this magic's feeling and stuff's <coughs> happening all around, there's a guy to know in this book. His name's Paul Cordwood. Mm-hmm. And why you want to remember Paul Cordwood, uh, Paul Cordwood, influential member on the council, right? Right, right? Just keep that in mind. Well, Paul Cordwood also looks like Riff Raff from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> right? He does. He does. Oh, my right? God. <laughs> he completely does. And, and it's kind of weird because he more or less fulfills the same role here, right, <laughs> on the council without without fail. He's just Paul Cordwood's a solid guy, you know. No one hates him. No one likes him. He's just a dude in the middle that you can rely upon. He's steady Eddie Paul Cordwood. Well, since that's going on, Gortrix goes, "Look, man, I got shit to do. I'm down in here getting it done. I have these servants I've dissected. That's right, I said it. Stephen and what's his face? They're 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 here. They're barely alive. Listen, I need help figuring it out. And I set up Paul Cordwood's apprentice." Vincius to make it seem like he did something to another person. And that person is Epistacia. Epistacia is the girl I couldn't remember who was doing mm-hmm. the soul swapping, right? We're right. getting old. My soul goes to a body. And he sees, Gortrix sees value in what she's doing. He's like, hey, you helped me out. I took care of Vincius. He didn't say he took care of Vincius, but the, uh, the ghost is certain. Right. That must have been what happened. Because she came to Gortrix's side like a like it was nothing, right? Right. Because right. he believed in her and brings her over. And he's like, hey, I need your help. Since you know how to throw a soul from one body to another, that means you know how to cast out and observe and contact things that are dead. She's like, yeah, I could do that. Cool. I need you to kind of go listen and contact these things I found. Some powerful entities that are, I heard their murmurings and there's a way to get them and it's through these guys' blood. 
And then this guy's like, don't you see what's going on? Latimer Kaiser Serze, right? <laughs> His hand is here. And, and what that means is uh, Latimer Kaiser Serze is a reference to the root of all in Stars Beyond. Not that movie. Right, obviously. <laughs> not that movie. But yeah, it's the root of all in Stars Beyond is mentioned. Right. As um, the ones that were putting honey in Gortrix's ear to tell him what he needed to do. Right. right to, to establish immortality. Now, I know what you may be thinking. At this very moment... That's not how that happened. In, in the Shmir clan books, like all the renditions, it was like a ritual and a cup and Gortrix ran away. And some dude, some unknown monk, comes out of nowhere and he's like, I have the answer for you. Here's what you need, Gortrix. I don't need anything. Goodbye. You know, puts one lip to his, one finger to his lips and just shh, disappears. Right, right. Didn't answer. And Gortrix comes back, got the answer. Now, I put this to you, the listeners, and, and you, Nate. I don't know mm-hmm. which theory you guys are going to go with, but I'm going to go with the one where the dead ghost who vomited because he saw <laughs> one of his good buddies cut his balls off and gets bound and cursed. I'm going to believe his story yeah. over that yeah. weird one. Right? I, I, I believe his story because he he's what you'd call like the narc, right? Like he he hates <laughs> he he's he's not embellishing anything because he's like, this is the hate that I feel for them. And this is exactly what happened. This is every failing, every success. Like he's he's more than a casual observer, he's a spirit bound to the to the land. Like all he can do is watch, and which is horrible, right? right? Because of what they're doing, and he sees them going on a slippery slope, right? One of them is this damn ritual, right? Because Gortrix and Pistachio are like, we have an answer, we know what to do, <laughs> yeah. And Gortrix comes out and goes, okay, guys, to prepare for this ritual. Well, and, you gotta and that, stay. that's the best part about it. He doesn't even tell everybody, like, what's going to happen. He's just like, I need y'all to come and help me with the ritual. Oh, no. He he told them. He just didn't tell them what they had to do. Right. <laughs> right? He, was, he comes out and he's like, uh, or he doesn't tell them beforehand. Right. He comes out and tells them, we got to stay awake seven days and seven nights. You know, right. got to right. fast a bit. Got to just get that going. And by the way, it's going to take us about seven days and seven nights to go through this minimal, a thousand-paged ritual chant yeah right we just gotta say it and recycle it say it recycle it and say it and recycle it don't worry it's planned and they're like uh jesus okay yeah i guess if it's what we got to do then they bring out some poor bastard right mm-hmm. so it's in the middle of all this they're tired they're hungry they're freaking hallucinating probably they're they're nowhere near they're already at the state where we would legally classify them as insane they're bath salt insane and keep that in mind because what happens is <laughs> This dude goes, and Biddy Urges, you're not going to believe what happens next. Biddy Urges is the guy that goes possessed to write all this, by the way, which right. I think is right. also cool. Yeah, he, he tells him, says, yeah, so like the, the people who are offered up, like, or people are, but the guy comes in, and they're like, yeah, he's got the blood in him and all the magic. We, we placed it in this person, and that's and now and now we have to eat it. Yeah, Stefan and Ferris. Right, they, that's who it was, yeah. And they bring him in and he says, we got to eat him. And they all jump forward, and they tear apart their bodies and eat them, and that's how Stefan and Ferris die. <laughs> <laughs> they're mortal when they do this. They are yeah. living yes, they people. Are. Yeah, they're 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 living mages when they tear apart these canites and consume them uh, in a feast of flesh. And uh, then they they feel ecstatic and they fall asleep. And when right. they wake they, up the next night, they're vampires. They got the magitis. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I know what you're thinking. I thought they drank from a cup, became vampires, and that was a lesson. Oh yeah. That's yeah, the that, wuss virgin. That, that that's that's called propaganda. Right. That's the uh 
we don't want to scare you. Please let us be your Camarilla we, yeah, we story. Did, we did a beautiful ritual where we all bled into a cup and, and we were all embraced through a magical ritual. Yeah. It, no, seven days of chanting and murder. That's how they got there. And none of them knew it was going to happen except Gortrix. Gortrix was like, yeah, I did it. I figured it out. I mean, we're all vampires now. Fuck yeah. Here's how, here's how bad it gets after, right? These guys basically... Well, uh, well, immediately they tried to. One dude, a Spaniard in a council, on a council, tried to kill Gortrix. You son of a bitch! You didn't say this. Jump him, and they like calm him down. Shmir's like, "Hey, chill out. Everybody, you're staying here till we figure this out. It'll take about seven <laughs> years. We're gonna chill here. Just chill, because I like the number seven. Seven years will work. Um, put someone in charge of your chantry. Stop whining. And when we got this settled out a little bit, we'll figure it out from there. All right? I'm just getting this as I go along. Chill out. Everyone's like, all right, man, it's Tremere. He's good with words. We'll right. do it. And so they're hunting in this area, feeding on their fellow Magi and servants. And when Tremere's like, knock it off. Don't shit where you eat. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, good point. We'll just go out in the far. Gortrix gets this, like, village girl who's really innocent. And it, it really touches uh, Liturgus, right, the ghost. He's watching Etrius do it. And he's like, man, if I could just talk to this guy, I would choke the shit out of him. Just like, what, are you, what have we become? What have you done to us? And then mystically, Etrius can hear him because I guess he'd snuff yeah. emotion. Well, he talks about how, like, for years he'd been, he'd, he'd, for decades, I'm sorry, he'd been trying to master the, you know, his own form and, and get through to the real world and talk to people. And, like, here's a spirit who doesn't know jack squat about being a spirit. Can't, you know, like, it's your little entryway to Wraith. But either way, he doesn't know. He can't do anything. For some reason, finally, he's like angry enough or, or forceful enough that he communicates with Etrius. And he's like, God damn it. Look what you've become. This is terrible. And Etrius is like, oh, God, it's so terrible. And he's like, you need to do the only right thing. The seven of you need to kill yourselves. And Etrius is like, gosh, howdy, you're right. We do need to kill ourselves. Hold on. Let's go talk to everybody else. And... Uh, <laughs> And then he goes and he talks to Gortrix, and Gortrix is like, yeah, we're not killing ourselves. Um, let's find him and, and screw him. Yeah, it's worse than that. Etrus <laughs> is a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. Etrus hears this. Here's this dude tell him, hey, man, they, they sense Gortrix and Epistatia. They contacted these evil things, and these evil things are the, is the all root and stars beyond, and they've, they've manipulated everybody to ruin our house. Right. That's what they did. And not only that, man, listen. When humans drink the blood of vampires, man, I learned it's far from usual for them to become vampires themselves. In fact, they don't. Right. They become ghouls. Like, like something you did is wrong. The power that charged that is from otherworldly patrons. Might as well be demons. What is this all for? We, right. You became servants. If, if, if diabolism was wrong because you'd become slaves, why the hell did we forego that if you just became slaves to something else? And each just goes, God damn. Yeah, we're going to get rid of this bastard. He knows far too much. and then But Dietrich doesn't want to do it himself. Right. So Right? Because if he does it himself, right? You, right? you sit here and you do it because it could be used against him. So he goes to the Goratrix and Pistachio. He's like, hey, man, yeah. he knows the jig's up. Y'all cheated. We, we need Y'all to call him, shit. We need to call him the co-conspirators. Like, to me, this is very much a... Uh, do you remember the movie Very Bad Things? Yes. This is very much like that movie. Like, we accidentally on purpose maybe fucked up, and then we just... We gotta keep we gotta keep it up, right? We can't let anybody know. And then when certain people find out, they have one of two choices. Well, you either join in on the conspiracy or you become uh oh, he must have went to another chantry or uh oh, we don't know what happened to him or he traveled east, you know, like 
that sort of thing. So they try to bind the spirit, and the spirit's like, nah, bitch. Like, I'm powerful here. This is my home. Uh, so here's what I'm going to do. You know, he's invigorated, invigorated because he's, uh, you know, he's got power. And so he... <laughs> and they tried to trap him forever. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. So what he does is he possesses somebody and sends a letter to Rustovich. And if you don't know who Rustovich is by now, you haven't been listening to our podcasts. He, but he's the Voivode of Voivodes, I assure you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And Rustovich is like, and Rustovich is like, oh, well, gather the armies. Right. Get the armies because he's like, who the hell killed my child, Roland? Right, right. Uh, and yeah, this dude's like, that killed your child, Roland. They tortured him. Right. They were in there, made him make two more. And they like, punked him. And then and they did this stuff. And then they shit on him. And then they, they left him there. They pooped on him. And then right they there. straight up stole that thing that you do being a vampire. Now they're vampires <laughs> too. <laughs> and Rostovich is like, oh, hell no. The same thing happened. I may write that letter for 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 a good joke, <laughs> just because you know, it was filled with the most extrapolated info right. to get somebody. And Rustovich is like, "Son of a bitch, I don't ever need an excuse for war, but now I have one." I was wondering what happened <laughs> to my child. Where did he go? Yeah, well, that's not any good. That's not going to work. So, so go ahead. No, it's just I'm laughing because the turn of events, right? Right. They tell Rustovich what's what. Rustovich calls in the. Calls in what's owed, and these armies of Gangrel, Nosferatu, Schlotka, and, and Vazd start taking over Chantries. Yeah. They just start knocking heads and demolishing places, getting all the way up to Sioris, and he can't take it. Right. Because Sioris is a fortress magically protected and all that jazz. Plus, you had a bunch of bullshit going on, um, because as they're learning their power, Tremere's kind of holding out. Right. Tremere and Etrus have been dabbling with magic already, learning to transition it over, and they have some tricks or two thrown in to help it out. And so, you know the story, right? They've been fighting there ever since. Right. And that's what happens. But what you don't understand is this poor bastard ghost. This is this is the ghost, by the way. He's like, I didn't want everybody to die. <laughs> right. I wanted this rest of its guy to come and just kill the eight that did it. Right. Just kill the eight that did all this bullshit. It's all you got to do. Why is everybody's got to die? I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm just an idiot. He just keeps saying it over and over like this poor dude. Right. This poor guy should have never been where he is right now. Well, so the story continues, and uh, um, I don't know uh, how deep we want to um, tell this tale, but basically, from here, it goes on to tell you up to the modern day, modern day being the Dark Ages, the development of the gargoyles and how that happens. And, and, and honestly, the more and more treacherous the Tremere become, as Tremere and Etrius... Well, so so let's let's stop real quick. Gortrix and Etrius, they have this rivalry. It's ongoing, and Tremere basically lays it out like whoever gets my favor is gonna like run the Chantry, and of course Gortrix ends up running the Chantry. But that means that Etrius gets to travel with Tremere as they go out to find more power. And Gortrix is like, "You bastard! I wanted to travel with him, but so he very cleverly Tremere very cleverly manipulates the two. Uh, his left and right hand, if you will. Can we explain more power real quick, though? Yeah, because it's another rumor. Yeah, like Tremere, like like the Inner Council was all made in fourth gen. No, they no, no, they weren't. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's absolutely true. So so they start this, and if you look at these these Tremere, it seems as if right away they understand that their human morality has to be stripped away before they can really function and operate. So they're even worse than like, you know, your your standard 
vampires on humanity, they get right off the bat that they have a beast they have to tangle with. And so they all find these diabolical paths of enlightenment to manipulate their souls for ultimate power. Um, and then they're like, well, you can also diablerize. You've got to go consume, right? And we all know you can only do that so many times before that's a wrap. So they start learning right away how to use and manipulate their souls into being diabolical, use and manipulate others to get what they want. They're here's, just the worst. Here's here's what a pimp you are. I only state this because I absolutely did not read They Found a Path of Anything. I think they were already sons of bitches. <laughs> right. And, and they, when they went about diabbing Methuselahs, that's right. what the, the quick jump was. Because what's a bastard forever one, right? Right. That's It's interesting. It's, it's almost even worse. We went out to cheat a way to find a way to make this okay. Well, and, right. and so so they, they mention in here how they talk about like, all right, well, you can't, no one can embrace any mages, right? The only way that you can embrace mages is if we properly reduce them and their morals to a point where it matches what it needs to be when they're embraced. And I'm like, oh, you sinister bastards. Like you, the, the, the Tremere of the Dark Ages is just makes the the modern day Tremere look like Boy Scouts, like just makes them look like charity givers, good old pals, because back then, nah, not I, so I, nice. I, I would go as so far as to say the Tremere of the modern are the Tremere of the Dark Ages by intent. They're, they're still they're <laughs> the same. You're the same people. They just had to find a different way to do it. Nah, they just went corporate. <laughs> we started out small. We had to find our competition and wipe them out. Some of the biggest buyouts ever happened in the right. Dark Ages, but once we bought them out, we became mega. Right. We're we're the Comcast of, of of the vampire clans, right? Right. Slowly but surely, we're the new Disney. Figured, you know, whatever. Um, just to guess dispersions of how that goes, basically. The the coolest part about that story, all the way up, has already mm -hmm. been told. We talked about it. Right. The rest gives you details that you more or less know, but they're cool to know about, like right. Versitania and how she was. Right. Right. Um, how they. Uh, oh, before I. Skip it. I think we're going to get to it anyway. They talk about people encountering the experiments that Shamir started doing. Mm -hmm. If you think that there was any part wasted of what they used to make gargoyles, you're out of your mind. Right. And and these people were... Here's here's the power of, of a mage. Now, I will say this. It's the ability to pivot. That no matter how <laughs> bad it gets, you are witty enough to think on your feet to immediately act on that wit to come up with a different solution, a different right. way of going at a problem, right? So your best mages, your real mages, are able to do that. Otherwise, you're the apprentice still studying daddy's notes in a book of how to unlock the door with your mind. Right. Right? That's 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 when, I, I mean, seriously, because when they get attacked by Schlaka and armies of humans and whatever and worse coming through at night doing all terrible things, right? Their response is to use everything in the forest to practice on to make monstrous things to fill the forest with that that army has to get through before they even see the Metsioris. You know, I gotta I gotta admit, reading through this, I gotta really, I, I was a little surprised as I read through this that this wasn't a Black Dog release because mm -hmm. it's real close to it. Like, I know I know everybody out there, you know, you love the Tremere, you, you really enjoy the clan. Like, reading this story from an eyewitness perspective and just, like, how terrible and how disturbing and disgusting the foundations of this clan are. I was like, wow, this is pretty, pretty brutal, pretty disgusting. I have said that if people are going to go so far as to make the blind 
dope statement that the Venture and Lasama are on the same coin, opposite sides, mm-hmm. then I too posit this. That on that uh, next coin you use, there's Zemis and Tremere. <laughs> right, right. They're the right. same one. You, you want to play Dark Vampire, you play Tremere and Camarilla. Right, absolutely. Otherwise you play Zemis and the Sabbat. That's that's how that do. Uh, and and I, I think anybody that reads this book should get that, that... Um, you know, they're enemies tailor-made for each other. And, you know, the Tremere in the modern times can seem very corporate. Like Bob had said, they went corporate. But, no, they're they're terrifying and they're terrible. And, uh, um, yeah, the, the sh- seeing, like, the foundations of their rituals. Well, let's get into the next chapter a little bit. Um, the next chapter tells about, um, actually, it's a letter um, to, uh, to Alexandru Basarab. Um, servant of the Voivodes, uh, I'm sorry, from him. Um, and it tells about how to get to Sioris. Um, it's actually really short, but it's short, blunt, and to the point. And it tells you all of the distinctly uh, odd occurrences that happen and how one goes about finding the Chantry. And uh, it's no easy task. I got, I got not much to say because this is the part of the book that I'm not a fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still know it has value for people. It's, uh, you know, you would come to the great castle door. Let's take a look at the bedchamber and the antechamber and the jailhouse. Right. And, um, and and in my head, I'm like, sure. Right. <laughs> you know, like that's, you know, did I read it? Nah, I've, I've, I've read this book a couple times in remembrance. I, I still don't read that in detail. Right. Yeah. Here, yep. here, here's why. Many people own this book. Any stories are worth their salt is going to have to change what's available in this book to make yours unique when they encounter in the dark ages, because everybody's read this book. Everybody, had <laughs> everybody this book. but me. <laughs> right. No, what I mean is if fans of Tremere who want to play a game like yeah, that, right. I've never said, Hey guys, let's play dark ages Tremere and out of Sioris. Why? My, my, my pe- people at home don't want to play that. Uh huh. garbage. I know. Nah, maybe, maybe two people are going to be interested in that. Everybody else though, wants to rate it. Right. They'll, they'll do that. So to rate a place is different, right? And you might want to know a thing or two about it. And this book will help you with that. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's why you have it. Right. Absolutely. And that's that's definitely one perspective. Me as a storyteller, reading through here and, and kind of like seeing what they put through and uh, what they put up and what, like what you might find if you were to approach that chantry. I enjoyed reading it. Um, I'm not usually one for like, this is the this is the place where you go. This actually I found entertaining and, and inspiring. We'll put it that way. It's good to have something like that so I can go, oh, okay, this is kind of like foundationally what you might find uh, along the path to finding uh, Sioris. But then uh, the report of the Castellan, um, who is reporting. So the Castellan is like the man of the house, right? Like the the boss at home who's in charge of the everyday uh, operations of the Chantry. Um, he then goes into all the things that you'd find into uh, or inside the chantry um kind of the uh the the relationship between um the masters which are the vampires the canites and then the mortal mages and then all of the servants and and things of that nature uh that's all uh talked about in here to great detail as well that's that's what is the chapter um <laughs> uh, for for me just just to just to put that in cake they do give details about each chamber, right? That's in here that would give you insights of what they would store in there and what could be, well, appalling. Most a- of it, is. yeah. Actually, what and- it is to me is it's like a day in the life of the of how f- f- wretched and disturbed the chantry is on the inside. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's exactly what I was getting to, is that the, the insight to that is there. Uh, the maps, uh, you, you would need for it. Um, I still, I'm not changing what I said, I'll hold mm-hmm. by that, uh, but that's where you can also find it. If you had trouble or wondered and want to compare your CRs to what's here, it is very good for that. Right. Um, the Castellan is also a unique position in the house, but um, this leads to what else is here, and they tell you that the house is majority servants and protectors. Yeah. Right? I feel that a lot of people feel that there are only seven. That's the stuff that was actually said to me, that there are seven only ever in every Chantry. No. <laughs> no. No. Uh, you're out of your mind. Um, that's uh, modern parlance, right? Right. They'll say something like, you know, only seven people in this Chantry. That's usually a storyteller cap. I've right. uh, never really read Lockstock where we only have seven people in one city ever. That's... Uh, it's hogwash, right? Yeah. You have what you need to be what it is, if you can. And uh, that's that's putting in just simple opinion. Uh, but that's me, like any other clan. However, Seoris opens up to the fact that you get army statistics. Right. So, because you got to, re- it's got to represent a time of the Dark Ages. At this point, they're under siege. And whether you're playing the Tremere who are defending, or you're playing what's sent to wipe them out, or if you're just people in the area and you're trading with them, uh, to help it out, it's good to trade with a bunch of magi like this, right? Uh, because they talk about how um, they easily make deals with a lot of clans, uh, showcasing how their magic is worth a lot, right? And, and what they can bring them to net that extra ally, you know? Because remember, at this time, the only person they have with them are the are the venture. Well, and the the this chapter and and some of that information was uh, something that was really interesting and and like a little bit shocking to me. I was a little surprised. Um, but that there are residents within uh, Sioris that are of non-Tremere clan. Like, um, they kind of talk about, like, conversion to Tremere as, like, an alignment with them. Like, it's not really, they're not really recognized as a clan, per se, at this point, but just sort of, like, they've converted over to to Tremere. It, it, it was it was interesting, and it was, it was different than what we would see, in, like, later on in history, but there's a follower of Set here who's who's like gone out of his way to help them find um, not Set in a temple somewhere, um, and maybe push them towards um, somebody else that they diablerized. Uh, well, I mean, it's not even need to be that vague about it. I mean, flat out, they went yeah. to find Set, right? To diablerize Set, and who they somehow found instead was Solid. Yeah, right. They, they led to him. Right. Wonder how that happened. Um, <laughs> right. That's that's it's the same thing. I, I roll my eyes when I say it uh, because when you set someone so powerful and so insightful and so cunning and so wily mm-hmm. is able to find all these things and whatever and they're stumbling through and then you point out how they're just being puppeted. Right. Right. Um, you might want to do a book that explains that conspiracy and doesn't leave an open to interpretation. Right. Right. Because that might be it's, it sounds like a good story to me. And it'd be interesting to see that, so it kind of cast dispersions from different directions of it. I, if I only, will, yeah, continue. I was just gonna say, if only just to see it completed, because it is annoying to read in a book every time. You could do what you like. It could be this. It could be that. We leave it up to you. Yeah, nah. What's your take I, on what you were saying? I, I will admit uh, that maybe a story or a journal that actually shows what Solid actually did, like. If if Solid's going to be sort of like the boogeyman at the end of every jihad, 
why don't we have a story that focuses on him, on, on Solid? I, I'm just saying, uh, I don't particularly care one way or the other because we don't have it. We're never going to have it. Uh, I don't see that ever happening. I don't think it diminishes from this book. I think it, it, it definitely, it's like the inclusion of the, the two spiritual um, references at the beginning. You don't need to have those. They're not integral to no. the story. And and honestly, it even says it in that member, and that's do whatever you like. Right. That's here, unfortunately. <laughs> the, go- the golden that's- rule. One of my favorite parts, though, is where they start to talk about the gargoyles and how really truly twisted the Tremere were um, in creating the gargoyles, and like it's just really messed up. Um, if you think you had a good idea of where the gargoyles originated and the the quote unquote ritual that involved creating them. You really need to read through this book to to get the shock of like why it was not okay for them to continue to make gargoyles. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> that is that is I can't say anymore uh, that that you already have on on that. Um, and also, though, I will point out that there were varieties of gargoyles. Right, we're used to seeing just the standard. They mention and, and more than mention uh, the aspect that you know a, a gargoyle human servant's cool and all. But there, there are other aspects that they discovered first that were used for what they had going on. Right, right. Okay, well, so moving on, we get to get a little bit um, uh, of information about the various um, canites that dwell within, and not only the canites, but the mages and, and what their, uh, what the end result of their existence is. I, I really enjoy the character backgrounds of uh, the majority of these characters. They're realistically built as well. Realistically built. They're fiction, but they're balanced, I should right, say. Right, right, Realistically you know? built for the game. <laughs> right. Because, you know, like one guy's embraced 1167, and he has what I would call just better than average stats for a, a, a young neonate. Right? right. Why are you thinking, well, why is that good? Isn't he supposed to be awesome if he's in the book? Not really. His, his, his story's awesome. Right? right. That's why he's there. He's someone, and I'm referring to S- SOR, the war leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, he more or less is uh, is magicless, right? But he's still a Tremere. Right. He's someone that was embraced because he can fight, and he has an idea of military operation. And because of that, um, he's he's an asset. He's an asset that was seduced by Mirlinda. So that's his importance, right? Put him right in there, and you see what's going on with that. Makes him a cool guy. It's a cool character in here to see it mixed, because you're, you're probably thinking this would be an entire book of lightning summoning, metal melting Tremere. And, you know, that's here too, but mostly... It's those who support and man the Chantry. Right. Um, and then uh, from there, we go on to um, basically thaumaturgy in uh, its in the form of it still being developed, right? Like thaumaturgy at this point isn't an exact science, no pun intended. Um, it's very much still they're working out the kinks. And um, we get uh, a bunch of different rituals, a bunch of different uh, things involving the gargoyles. And, um, yeah, some of these rituals, even though they're old and outdated, are freaking dastardly. They're, like, they're very disturbing. Uh, so it's worth a read-through. Um, this was <laughs> what, normally when I read through a book with, like, magic or rituals or powers – I tend to like sort of just glaze over it because it's not like the powers and stuff aren't really that important to me until I get down to like making a character. But um, yeah, th- there's a picture of the Crucible of Sympathetic Agony in here. And I was like, I saw the picture and I was like, what in the hell could this be? 
where two people are sewn together by their feet and one is being like maliciously tortured and uh, you open up the book to take a look at it. Um, yeah, it, it's as terrible as it sounds. Um, I, I don't want to ruin it for people that have never read it. The other one that that really screwed with me, and, and you know, if, if you have a different one at all, Bob, feel free to jump in, but the Quicksilver Eel. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, Bob is just uh, telling me um, how... So why, why, why I'm quiet? Because <laughs> I didn't know if we were going to talk about it or not. So one I will absolutely talk about, so one I just posted, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's Toja, uh, or uh-huh. Tosia, or Tosia, uh, however you pronounce it. She's basically a uh, an inquisitor, yeah. For lack of a better term, she's she's referenced in the book beforehand uh, as a something to fear. She's someone hunting down diabolism uh, in the name of Christ and just slamming it down, taking care of it. Uh-huh. And her secret is is that she's eyeing Etrius, right. right? She knows he's a leader of some satanic undertaking, and she's waiting to make her move. You know, talking with her uh, correspondence with scholars within the church to to see it done to to end diabolism. Except, I don't know what the artist, what what weird fetish he's working on, but he decides this girl is is basically just just breast almost hanging out, except for the choking gorget around her neck with a cross dangling from it, uh-huh. flesh all over, nipples barely covered, with some fancy embroidered open thing, and then a dress. Right, like it would yeah. be the one of the. It's the Carpathians. It would so, be freezing. So this this book definitely has some of the same problems that I had with the last book that we reviewed with the artwork or like the artwork. Um, actually, well, I don't think it was the last book, but the book before that. Um, I'd have to go back and check. But one of the more recent um, podcasts that we did, the review that I had of the book was that some of the artwork like kind of doesn't match. It seems like they kept... Um, Kept the the same two different artists. I believe it's two different artists. Um, maybe it's one uh, where yeah. So the women definitely look like not not like an anime style, but like exaggerated in the voluptuousness of their of their form. But also, I think that the same exaggeration can be said um, for the man in a lot of these, where just like oh, yeah. the men are just like these giant headed, oddly shaped like cartoon characters. Um, so yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to skip over that, but yeah, that's, I, it's, it's, I did. And actually I wanted to like, not skip, but just point out the fact that it's the, like, if you read the image, I will tell you the artist draws them accordingly. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, it's just a bold statement, right? I don't hate like, the art, but yeah, it's a little, it's a little much. I mean, they basically drew Margaret Vassa, who's the, um, Cappadocian. She's the grave robber envoy. They basically drew her to look like a mummy. Um, so yeah. I thought that, that was interesting too, but yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to like really focus on, on the artwork. Cause I don't, I don't feel like it's kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Um, but some of it's really good. Some of it I like, like the gargoyles, I like how they're drawn. Um, some of the other ones I'm kind of like, Egh. you know, I could live without, but either way, a lot of the art is, is horrific and not as graphic as you'd see in a black dog book, but pretty close. It's because they made an effort for it not to be. They weren't just, they just didn't like leave it open, you know? The book continues to go through some of the horrifying, treacherous nasties that you're going to find in the Tremere Chantry of Sioris. Um, are there any that you wanted to mention? Oh, I'll just mention titles because I think they're horrific too. The Bronze Head Speaks. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what that is, right? Right. At your command, it breathes. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's the ritual? Right. 
okay, yeah, I, we know what that is. Like, there's some stuff you they just nailed it on the head, right? Right. And uh, it's it's pretty awesome. Um, they roll into the malign humors as well. Yeah. That's almost a. It's it's not. It's magic. It's it, it's ritual magic. It's yeah. just it's uh. It's, we'd have to read it. It's pretty nasty. Yeah, it's it's something you don't you don't want to skip over. You definitely want want to read through there. Um, and then I guess uh, the next chapter um, after we kind of like get the details of the different types of gargoyles and other creatures that dwell within Sioris, um, we get some further storytelling information. Um, is there anything you wanted to mention about that about that section? Uh, the the new skill in here, gargoyle Ken, is pretty interesting. It's a uh, more or less that you're you're befriended or you know how to befriend gargoyles uh-huh. in this time and you kind of hang out with them and get along with them and, and, and work them in, right? You can, right, for instance, it's level one says you can converse with a gargoyle without making it want to kill you, right? It's it's like <laughs> right. etiquette for gargoyles, more or less. Right. And that makes it, it makes it interesting, but it's like a usable skill. It was just weird that they included because I was like, I have to be taught how to handle them. That makes sense, but it wouldn't be animal can and that wouldn't be a specialty. That's the mechanic guy in me. Right. But it is in here because I think it's descriptor and levels give you a breath of insight as to even more what the life of a gargoyle must have been like. Any final thoughts about the House of Tremere, Bob? Yeah, definitely read what experiments didn't work that they have out there in the woods. <laughs> yes. Um, that'll that'll curdle your stomach. Yeah, I, I just want to say um, this is probably right now my favorite Dark Ages book so far. This book, uh, I read this book in two days. I couldn't put it down. Every every page interested me. Even the things that were a little goofy or wonky seemed to fit right in because it's Dark Ages, it's mages, it's vampires, and it's treachery. And so I definitely 100% would suggest anybody reading this who's interested in the Tremere in a modern context, get this book and know the true treachery that went into making this clan. Uh, I think you will be very entertained by it. And I personally, I'm very happy that I have a copy of it and I plan on reading it again. I've got, uh, I've got road trips ahead of me, baby road trips, stuff to read on it. And that's this (laughs) book again, (laughs) but yeah, it's definitely encouraged me to want to run maybe a dark ages Tremere game or use the Tremere as an enemy against non Tremere vampires. Uh, it's very inspiring. So you feel more competent in running Tremere after reading this, for sure, one hundred percent. I think that's something we don't talk about a lot because it's inferred. We it's competence. You will gain competence of the clan's intent, right. feel, and what they're about when you read this. Other clan books obviously help with that too. Knowing where they differ, knowing the origins right. helps you digest the propaganda. And you know, knowing what goes into building a chantry in the Dark Ages and and understanding some of the things in there, it can help you to build your own. I mean, that's really the goal of all these books, is to arm you with the knowledge and information that you need to turn around and build your own. And I think this book is going to be an invaluable resource. And you know, I say if you can get a copy, get a copy, ASAP, because it's it's like it's my favorite Dark Ages book so far. So thank you, Bob, for reviewing this book with me to thank me it's my pleasure what are we going to have next week well i have an answer for you next week you will have the first episode of our podcast that we call teach me how it is a patreon exclusive podcast however we've got like 36 episodes of them so far so now it's time to release some to the public to you know, start getting those out there so that all of you can listen to them. Next episode is our very first episode of it, and we will be talking about the Sabbat, which is a, a, a subject very near and dear to both Bob and I. 
and uh, trying to give you some information on how to run them. So uh, definitely look out for that. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah. Have a great holiday. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Um, Whatever you celebrate, uh, we hope you enjoy it. We hope you enjoy all the podcasts that we'll be posting from now until the new year. And we're out of here. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. If you like our podcast and you'd like to help support our show, consider backing us at patreon.com forward slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. We offer reward tiers of additional Patreon-only podcasts, t-shirts, and personalized gaming experiences. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and go to our website, utilitymuffinlabs.com, for links to all of our social media, additional podcasts, and more. If you'd like to chat with us, submit a title for review, promote your gaming-related stuff or anything else you can think of email me at nathan at utilitymuffinlabs.com utility muffin labs consistently rated adequate 